and welcome back to the final episode of Opera Offstage for 2020. I'm Jesse, And I'm Michelle. And we are so happy you're here. And we are especially happy that 2020 is on its way out. Yeah, I'm over it. I'm really, I'm <laughs> d- quite done. Uh, it's been 2021 for like a week right now. I'm kind of like running off of Christmas joy. I like 2020 is over in my mind. Yeah, Christmas is actually the end of the year. <laughs> I mean, basically. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, there's something symbolic about 2020 ending, even though it'll take some time for all that is bad about it to go away. Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything fun that you had over the holidays that happened that you particularly enjoyed? So it was a super low-key Christmas. I have huge family on all sides. And it was just my immediate family this year, which is crazy. We've never done that before. You know, you got to stay safe. And it was fun. I don't usually, like, spend Christmas Day with my immediate family. So it was fun to, like, open presents with my siblings who are quite a bit younger than me um, and do all that. I got a new set of Switch controllers, which is really fun because we love to play Just Dance. And we get really uh, competitive about Mario Kart and Super Smash Bros. So we're excited to have another set of controllers because I have two siblings. And, yeah, it was a fun time. What about you? That's cute. I got my whole family drunk. I had a great time. <laughs> off the off the La Boheme mold wine? <laughs> or some other cocktail concoction? No, my family does mimosas for like every family event. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> that's. I feel like that's kind of surprising. Is it though? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I also made like a very fancy cocktail for my grandmother that involves essentially like making meringue with eggs. It was a wild time. But yeah, I that's what I did. Ooh, you got to bust out your little bartender skills yet again. Yeah, like a bartending for holiday events is very much like being a singer in that people <laughs> ask you to do it even though there's no reason for you to do it. That's true. That's a good point. Like, oh, can you go make me a mimosa? Why? It is orange juice and champagne in a glass. Literally, you do not need me to be the person to make them. Make me my drink, monkey. (laughs) That's essentially it. (laughs) Don't show your family Uh, your skills in anything. (laughs) Bring me my mimosa, you you fool. (laughs) Oh, right, That's funny. All right, guys. Let's jump into some announcements and then go into the episode. First order of business, our holiday sale on our social media guide and our role study guide are um, on sale on opera-offstage.com through the 31st. So if you are looking to pick up a new role and have some worksheets to help guide you through it, or you're looking to revamp your social media presence um, in 2021, this is a great little present for yourself. Um, So check that out. And then if you're still in the holiday mood, we released a Christmas-themed YouTube video a couple days ago where we rank different Christmas carols, Christmas pop bops, some like kind of more classical Christmas songs. And we included a tier list that you guys can actually um, go to and recreate yourself. So you can make your own tier list. We'd love for you to send that to us. We've been having a bop uh, looking at the way that you guys rank these different Christmas songs versus the way that we ranked them. So check out our YouTube at Opera Offstage to play that little game with us. Yeah. And that's it. Throw them up in the Discord and we'll talk about them. The tier lists. Yeah. 
So I actually look back on 2020 with some fondness in that uh, obviously we started our podcast in 2020. And I thought it would be fun to do a little yearly recap of Opera Offstage. We started our podcast. Our first episode went live in like mid-March and we've been chugging along ever since. I think this is going to be what, our 42nd episode? Yeah, we started our podcast like two weeks before COVID hit, or like a week before COVID hit. Yep. <laughs> Oy. What a we time. had like six months worth of episodes, plans, strategy all lined up, and then COVID hit, and we had to basically scrap 95% of it because it just wasn't what people were wanting to hear anymore because... It just didn't apply to, to current COVID times. So that was definitely a learning curve. But since then, in all of these months that we've been talking to you guys every Tuesday, we have well over a thousand followers in our community. We started as just a podcast and now we've branched into YouTube, obviously into Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Patreon, Discord. We're all over the place. Like you can find us like in every corner of the internet now, which is crazy. And honestly, this has been such a fun project to work on. Um, I know we say it all the time and we really got real gushy, uh, mushy gushy in our Thanksgiving episode. But we freaking love you guys. You make our day. Every time we get a DM, our hearts are a flutter. We love talking to you. Everybody who's joined us in our Discord who shares memes and like talks about different music stuff and their day. We freaking live for that. It's been so fun. And obviously we've had like so many people that we've met and become friends with from doing this. So just thanks guys for listening every week. And yeah. I wanted to ask Jesse, out of all these 42 episodes we've done, let's say excluding the interview episodes we've done, because all of our interviewees have been awesome. What was your favorite episode we recorded hmm there there are a lot of episodes that I've actually really liked so I'm gonna actually list a couple which may be a little unfair I really loved not so much even necessarily making but I love the reaction to amateur musicians oh yeah I didn't really expect that episode to do super well because I think our our podcast definitely hinges towards people who are making a career out of being musicians. And so to see so many people come out and be touched by that and enjoy it and send it to other people, like, it, I don't know, it really touched me. That made me really happy. And so that episode has a special place in my heart. Yeah, that was a really good one, which is a good opportunity to take a second and say, like, we love both our non-musician audience and our amateur musician audience. You guys, like, we have so much fun with you guys in our opera watch parties. You guys ask such cool questions that make us like old jaded opera singers like really take a second and <laughs> consider like, hey, why uh, do we do that? Or what is the, the meaning behind 26 this? <laughs> rotting away. <laughs> Entering like the it's... end. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know. I feel pretty old at this point. Um, I'm not even 26 yet. Give me, I have a couple more days before I'm 26. <laughs> she's, got, she's got three whole days. <laughs> three entire days. Yeah, no, but it's super fun. I love the questions that you guys ask. I love the energy that you guys bring. Um, I love that we've managed to create a community that makes you feel welcome as well, because that's totally our goal. So, hooray. Okay, so amateur musicians. And then did you say you had another one? Um, I think our first issues in opera for racism 
was a, a big leap because it was such a it's such a heavy topic. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily something we had been planning to to get into so early in the podcast. Mm-hmm. But obviously the time demanded it. And so I don't know. I was just really glad that we we pushed ourselves and we did that episode and that we've continued to do that kind of work. So probably that those two. Yeah. No, that's a good one for sure. Because when you take on those heavy topics, you obviously want to do them justice. And we've spoken on a lot of topics that don't necessarily directly involve us. And so it takes a lot of time and care. And even then, you're always worried that you're going to misstep. So I'm I'm glad those have been as well received as they have been. And I'm glad that we've, we've done them. Yeah, those issues in opera episodes are by far my favorite. I think because I really do enjoy the research that goes into it. Those are... Those are cool. And I feel like out of all of our episodes, those really, really matter. And I really enjoy creating and researching that type of content. I would definitely say my favorite episode that we've done this year is probably Murder, Black Magic, and Missing Heads. I figured that was where this was going to (laughs) go. I had so much fun with that one, you guys. My favorite moment is when Michelle actually heard herself on that episode. She goes, why didn't anyone tell me that I'm not scary? You guys, I was crushed. I thought in my head, I sounded so spooky and like, ooh, you know, like totally setting the tone. And I listened back to myself and I'm like, why do I freaking sound like a kindergarten teacher? Like, (laughs) the element of spookiness is not in my voice. And that was really disappointing for me to um, realize after it had been released to the world. But I had such a good time. You've got an entire year to work on your spooky voice. Just you guys wait. Next Halloween. You didn't really gonna... embrace your mezzoness, and I personally think that that's the mistake. I know that I, I, I have regrets, but alas, we learn and we move forward. Um, but that was probably my favorite episode. And then second to that, if we're keeping um, interview episodes out of it, I would say the Savage and Sassy Composers oh. was probably my other favorite. <laughs> composers have um, a lot of drama. That one was so dramatic. There was so much Basically, anytime we've gotten to do, like, long talks about Brahms. Yeah, anytime I get to talk about Brahms, I am happy girl. Um, I also really liked our Battling Perfectionism one. Uh, oh, that you one was cool. And something that was a I think good about one. all the time. That's a note to <laughs> both of us. And I, you know what? I'm going to take a second here just to say that, you know, we're talking about all these things we've done on the podcast, and I'm definitely very, very proud of them. But for anyone out there who has, at most this year, just managed to survive, that's okay. Trust me when I say that, like, just getting through 2020 is a feat in and of itself, and you're going to, all of us are going to see a lot of people posting what they did in 2020 and what they accomplished and what they did with all their time. And I I urge you not to compare because yes. it, nothing is what it seems. You know, we have we posted a lot of beautiful pictures this year. We put out videos and everything. Not a single video that we put out came out on schedule. <laughs> <laughs> Almost oh, all of them came out like a full week after they were supposed to be done. Um, episodes had to be re-recorded, recordings went missing, an episode almost didn't come out because I brought the wrong file with me to, to a cabin. (laughs) Uh, the lighting was wrong in the videos. I had to fix it via a a whole other program. What all that is to say is that it's 
it's easy to compare, but nothing is what it seems. And it's okay if all you did this year was survive. Amen. It's enough. We're happy to have you with us. Yeah. And that is quite the accomplishment. Yeah. It is. I just, I, I want everyone to know that, like, as pretty as things seem, everyone is is just doing the best they can this year. And that's okay. We don't yeah. need to to compare. Amen. That said, like, what are some of... <laughs> What are some of your <laughs> other favorite moments from from doing opera off stage outside of just the podcast, but like in the whole spectrum of making and recording and and editing opera off stage? Like, what else have you enjoyed? Well, I think the biggest thing that brings me joy, aside from like just getting to record these episodes with you, Jesse, is the community that we've built. So our like Jackbox games nights. Our Nutcracker opera watch party, our Who's That Composer live, where we did Who's That Composer in the style of Who's That Pokemon. Like, I just love interacting with our friends and the people that we meet through doing this podcast. So all of our live events definitely leave me feeling so happy the next day. Oh, yeah. They've they've been a lot of fun. We've met up so many interesting people. We've had such a good time. I, I definitely have a couple, like, very specific things. One of them is just the other week. When you very proudly proclaimed to be me, <laughs> I I I love our out our outtakes, and I realize you guys haven't gotten here um, many of them. But getting to edit the podcast is a really good time. Sometimes. Oh yeah, <laughs> the things I cut out of this podcast. Ninety percent of it is just me on, noodling on both. Oh, proclaiming with such confidence that I am in fact Jesse, <laughs> a fraud. <laughs> uh but even so even funnier um the other <laughs> i've i've dubbed over most of the times i've pronounced names just in case you're wondering <laughs> you can go back and listen you'll hear like a weird audio cut or like a weird pronunciation thing because i'm not talking to anybody <laughs> that is what i call editor's privilege um oh my gosh <laughs> But also, another really recent thing that I've enjoyed, the TikTok comments are wild. <gasps> oh my gosh, y'all, if you're not following us on TikTok, first of all, if you're not on TikTok, what are you doing? But if you're not following us, once again, what are you doing? We released a ranking the hottest composers. We did a part one. And <laughs> I, the comments have had me and Michelle baffled for for days we're still reeling from them first of all there are many many shostakovich fans honestly bafflingly many for what i found when i looked him up in terms of like <laughs> looks i think people who find shosty uh, attractive um like e-boys in general he's basically edgy harry potter <laughs> they're just recovering harry potter addicts basically but the the other funny thing is, like, the people people get really pedantic in those comments. <laughs> we had somebody point out, we, we we obviously phrased it as, like, ranking classical composers. And uh, a bunch of them were like, the, these aren't classical composers. You know, they're romantic and later. And I was kind of baffled because <laughs> I didn't know how to tell them that we specifically kind of chose later composers because we wanted to use people who, you know, have photographs. <laughs> And like we we're not really talking like about classical, classical the era. Portraits. We're talking about classical the genre. <laughs> Lowercase. It was e. really funny. Yeah, it was, it was no, really funny. By far the best part of that though was 
as we mentioned in our episode where we talked about hot composers, which I believe is our savage and sassy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We we talked about how hot Bernstein is. Like, and he's really hot. And so many people in the comments were like, yeah, but Bernstein's gay. And I was like, this is not about whether or not Bernstein would date me. <laughs> this is just also, about like- how hot I find him. The, the the bigger problem to me dating Bernstein is not that he's gay. He's dead. He has been dead. <laughs> he is deceased. He is no more. I know this. That's like it's not even the so biggest hard. problem. Yeah, it was just really hilarious because I was also like, him being gay doesn't mean that he's like. What does that he's have still to do hot. with his the fact that he's objectively attractive? Like. Just because he's a gay man doesn't mean he's unattractive. Like, what is, like, the logic was not there in these comments. You could make, like, the section. wild argument that he was, like, hetero romantic and gay and or bisexual. We don't really know. But either way, that wasn't the point, And it doesn't have any bearing on a thing where we're just ranking attractiveness. It was so funny. Like, 99% of the comments were so fun. <laughs> The the comments on the TikTok are very funny. You should go hang out on the TikTok. If not for our video, then for the comments. <laughs> I think truly, the comments were funnier than wild. our actual video. Yeah. Yeah. What it's funny, too, time. because TikTok is the one place where we never formally introduced ourselves. So nobody who watches our videos on there tends to actually know that we have degrees in music. <laughs> yes. That's also very and true. That- they probably think we're two idiots. They're not wrong, but it's just not about this. (laughs) But we haven't told them that we're idiots with master's degrees. Roast roast me for my feelings about peanut butter and jelly and hot dogs for sure, but do not come after me for whether or not I know a composer is classical. Oh, gosh. Yeah, TikTok is the place to be, guys. TikTok is hilarious, and TikTok is definitely the place where we will be canceled. Imagine us being canceled for thinking Bernstein is hot when he's objectively an attractive man. He's classically beautiful. It's just he's just not very attractive. Yeah. yeah. But man, that was a good little trip down memory lane. Um <laughs> looking through the look into the future though. In in the spirit of manifesting our dream goals, right? Cuz we're getting ready for 2021. I feel like we're going to kill it in 2021. I think everybody's going to kill it way more in 2021 than in 2020. So, Jesse, manifesting right now, who do you want to interview on the podcast in 2021? I think I would love to have, I have three people (laughs) who are like big, big reach people I would love to actually have on the podcast. Okay. Yannick, the conductor. Oh my god. <laughs> I would love to talk to him. I find conducting fascinating and I think at the highest level like it's such an interesting it'd be so interesting to know. Like Yannick. what it's like to work and Yes. Yannick. Oh, I Lawrence would be so Brownlee, excited. Oh my god, yes. Lisette Oropesa. What do you want to talk to Lisette Oropesa about? I want to talk to her about her masterclass series. Ah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought that was such an individual and unique project. To take on, and it's so cool, and she does it with her husband, and it's it's really well made, and I just wanted to talk to her about, like, what inspired her to take it on, and to do all that, I want to talk to Lawrence Brownlee about starting his little, his sit-downs. I, I think the, all of these people obviously have their own, uh, those opera singers are incredible, it, 
just performance wise alone but i think they took on really interesting projects and i'd love to talk to them and like where they see those projects going as things open up again hmm i i have little ideas swimming in my brain about getting lisa on about what we would ask her about her master class so stay tuned we'll try to work our magic what about you i would love to talk to uh dear gustavo dudamel um he's incredible He's freaking amazing. Um, I'm also just like very interested to know his path in working within classical music, specifically like in the Los Angeles area. He's a huge youth advocate too. Yeah, he's so cool. And he like very much understands singers and very, very much understands the orchestra. I think he'd be such an interesting person, like kind of like Yannick, to just kind of get into that mindset of the conductor. But also like I want to hear the perspective on classical music, you know, on the West Coast, because it's such a different culture (laughs) than classical music on the East Coast and elsewhere that I would just be so interested. I would love to talk to Jamie Barton. I would love to talk to Wallace Junta. I would love, love, love to chat oh, with yeah. Stephanie Blythe again. Oh, like, those are my Stephanie dream Stephanie Blythe is so incredible. Michelle and I have both had the chance to meet her in person. <laughs> it's just, oh, I can't. Oh, she's fabulous. Um, we love a queen. Steph- Stephanie Blythe and Wallace Junta, I think, are actually super attainable for us to get on the podcast. Just going to manifest that right now. <laughs> We're probably going to have to work pretty hard to get Gustavo and uh, Yannick on. But, you know. We're going to get them. <laughs> But I want to know what you guys, I want to know what you guys uh, or who you guys want to hear on the podcast in 2021. Check out our stories. We have a little sticker up. And I want to know, who are you interested in uh, having us yeah. interview? And we we threw out these huge kind of reach names today. But you've seen the people we interview. And we'd love to know who you think is making a big difference in the industry. And now, the opera award show you've been waiting for all of 2020. Welcome to the first annual Encore Awards from Opera Offstage to highlight the best and worst of this year in no specific order of importance. (laughs) (laughs) The first award, which is near and dear to my heart if you know me, is the, well, if it isn't the consequences of my own actions award. (laughs) This singer worked Long and hard to get this award, I promise you. And it goes to Anna Trebko, who this year bashed COVID restrictions and then proceeded to get COVID and recovered. And recovered. She's fine. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but Anna Trebko really came out and said, listen, I get it. Some people might get COVID, but I'm built different. And she was, in fact, built the same as everyone else. <laughs> Congratulations on the first ever Encore Award, Anna. One of our listeners apparently wrote a song about Anna Netrebko because because of this particular situation, which just cracks me up. Uh, yes. So not only has she won an award, she's inspired a song. True. And they claim it's their best work yet. So I feel like Anna really gave them, Anna really gave them. She's really done a lot this year for yeah, she's just throwing out inspiration left and right in different ways. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Anna. Thank you. Awesome. Up next, we have the best baby announcement that did not set half of California on fire award, which goes to Mezzo Soprano. 
Oh, which goes to mezzo-soprano Wallace Junta and her fabulous pregnancy announcement photo shoot. Oh, that picture is so cute. It's very pretty. Um, She's gorgeous. If you guys don't follow Wallace Junta on Instagram, she has one of the best, like, Instagram presence, I think. And she has this gorgeous photo where she's, like, in this flowing fabric dress that's covering her and, like, just her little belly's exposed. She's, like, laying down. It's so majestic. Like, if I were to ever have a kid, that's the way I'm 100% announcing it because it's so beautiful. And for those of you who don't understand the gravity of this, Michelle is horrified by all things pregnancy. For, so for any oh, pregnancy announcement to not terrify her is uh, <laughs> nothing short of a miracle. That's why I'm giving her this award. Yeah, it's truly really because she is astounded, Michelle. And, and um, But, you know, Wallace Junta, if you want to have a non-fire starting gender reveal for your baby and i don't suggest that you do but if you did want to (laughs) you could always (laughs) wait what did you just suggest that she does have a fire starting one (laughs) no my my suggestion is not having a gender reveal because i think it's weird oh Yeah, I it's think like, what a should, bizarre time I to find out Jesse is an arson. Half of California on fire in order to announce your child. Oh goodness gracious! No, I was saying that it's weird to announce your kid's gender. That was my point. But if you were going to anyway, the way to do it is to invite everyone to a concert and either have someone sing all of Interizer or all of Frau and Liebe und Leben. It is the longest, most uncomfortable gender reveal, and it's the only proper way to do it. Stop. That's too good. I can't remember if her husband is also a singer. Beyonce? She's got plenty of singer Partner? friends. If he's a singer. Yeah, I can't remember if he... If I think he's a musician of some sort. I can't remember if he's a singer. <clears throat> I think he is. Imagine, I think he is. Imagine you do the thing like where you don't know, so you just hand it off, and whoever finds out just has that much time to learn... <laughs> One of those very yeah. long song cycles. It's <laughs> oh. fun for like the first minute where you're like, oh, it's a girl or a boy. And then you have to sit through Venturizer, which is depressing. <laughs> or Frau oh, and Liebe gosh. Leben, which is ultimately also kind of depressing. <laughs> what a great way to announce But your you know baby. what? Nothing gets set on fire. True. You just have a fire song cycle. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Next up. On the Encore Rewards. Our next award is the singer who was told so many times to compete on The Voice and then freaking did it award goes to John Holiday, who was top five on this season of The Voice. Woo! Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And you know what else? If you like have been living under a rock and have not heard about John Holiday, he's also a countertenor, which I think is even more cool. That's awesome. Even though we do roast those competitions, even though even though he has exponentially increased the chances of the rest of us being asked why we don't go on The Voice, I congratulate him and his many successes, and I'm glad. I like to just think that there were just enough parties that he went to where people were suggesting he compete on The Voice to where he was just like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And then freaking made top five. That's awesome. Yes, he's fabulous. I also feel like... He's a countertenor. That's That's amazing. what's even cooler to me is because I feel like there are so many people who are so weird about countertenors, even in like classical music culture, that for him to be top five as a countertenor in like pop and, side note, 
if I were ever to go on The Voice, I would definitely be Team Legend, and he chose Team Legend, so I just feel like he's got it going on. <laughs> Anyways, why don't uh, we skip to one of I look forward to our video, Michelle Auditions for The Voice. <laughs> And so for our next award, it's the Supported Young Artists Award. And that goes to Lisa Oropesa for the exact reason we mentioned earlier, which is to say she hosted so many master classes and like really connected with people and really tried to mentor people during this period. And I think that's just incredibly admirable. Um, her classes were all, you know, pay what you can, donation based. And then she had like some special classes if you had donated a certain amount. And I just I thought that was a. Uh, a really incredible way of helping keep the community intact. Oh, yeah. Well, she, I mean, she had so many young artists through that masterclass series, like, that she coached. And I think it gave a lot of people a sense of normalcy when, like, people weren't actually able to be in music school in person. And I think everybody who signed up and even just watching and tuning in, like, had a reason to stay motivated about music, you know? Yeah. So cool. What a great... And, like, honorable use of, like, a professional opera singer's time. Very, very generous. Next, we have the Opera Power Couple Award, which I will award to Eileen Perez and Solomon Howard. First of all, what an attractive and stylish couple. Like, excuse me? They have no right to be as beautiful as they are. Also, he posted for her birthday, um, I think back in August. And the little post that he wrote for her on Instagram, like, would make any girlfriend like totally just melt 10 out of 10 stand them together we love an opera singer power couple they are cute and next up we have the award for worst yep application now there could be many ways we could go about awarding this it could have gone to some of the ones that didn't take off of their yap fees or the ones that were accused of only watching parts of videos but i decided that this award should really go to palm beach opera because anyone who's aware of the situation knows the Palm Beach Opera accidentally sent out like a, you got in, schedule your audition to everyone. Oh? <laughs> and then had to rescind it. Oh, no. Palm Beach Opera, <gasps> like, just yanked the rug out from everybody. I feel like at that point, you should just, like, <laughs> just keep it i mean i don't know how many auditions that would have been but like oof Ugh. that is a marketing disaster pr disaster for sure just wrecked a bunch of singers in the middle of a pandemic <sighs> that's so rude i know they didn't mean to but it's so funny and so awful <laughs> better net luck next year palm beach opera <laughs> uh, make sure you double check before you send those emails <laughs> we don't need any more false hope <laughs> Closely followed is the Worst Yap to Handle COVID Award, which I wholeheartedly award to Chicago Summer Opera, who's just yeah. the hottest mess of Yap, Yapville. In case you're not in the know, Chicago Summer Opera is already stupid expensive. And when they canceled their season, all singers who had been admitted and still hadn't fully paid their deposit were still required to pay outstanding balances. Which is like the craziest Stupid. thing ever in the whole world. It's like, it's corrupt. Honestly. Actually awful. <laughs> Genuinely trash. <laughs> Genuinely oh, nonsense. Gosh. Yeah. Next up, we have the Doing the Work Award, which is mainly just meant to exemplify people who have put forward just a lot of effort in this time 
either in activism or in projects that help support and uh, show off other activists. And we wanted to just show some of the people who have worked really hard this year to highlight a lot of the issues within our industry. And so we actually have three people for this award, which is Julia Bullock, Janae Bridges, and Lawrence Brownlee, who have all in their own way this year really done the heavy lifting of, of taking on some of the major issues in our community. Yeah, and we're so generous with their time and kind of like emotional bandwidth on going over and really diving into the issues that we have in our culture at large, but also within the opera industry. So very, very well-deserved people who have been always doing the work, but, you know, now in 2020, it's even more on the forefront for so many more people. And then for the opposite of side of this, we've got the Doing the Least Award, <laughs> which honestly, as per every year, goes to the Met for literally oh. doing the bare minimum for people not to burn down your building. Truly. Um, this does not extend to their the Met Orchestra, who were incredible and put out their own documents this year in terms of what they plan to do in terms of Black Lives Matter and in terms of improving their industry. They, they put forward a concrete plan. So Met Orchestra, you're amazing. You are not included in this. But the Met put out the most wishy-washy statement. They stopped paying their workers when they had to close down. They were just bad. Just plain old bad. (laughs) They were like, what? You want accountable steps? You want us to be, like, showing you what we're going to improve? Here, you fools, take our nightly free streams instead. What if we committed to nothing, gave vague promises so that you can't tell us we ever broke them because we really promised nothing? And, uh, I don't know, here, watch some Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, instead of showing, uh, you know, accountability that, um... Maybe it's time to diversify some of the operas that we put on. Why don't we show uh, one of our operas that features blackface? The people will love it. (laughs) (laughs) Ah! I wish the Met was like a person so I could just like shake their shoulders and be like, be better! (laughs) Be better! (laughs) The the Met clearly has no friends keeping them grounded. (laughs) Oh gosh, man. Doing the least. Doing Um, the least. (laughs) But on a positive side as related to opera, I just felt like I couldn't go this encore award season without acknowledging yet again the cutest opera production award, which I would definitely give to the Animal Crossing inspired Hansel and Gretel by Dua Done uh, Productions. Uh, incredibly Love. innovative as well. So just... cute. I want all of my operas from now on to be in Animal Crossing. <laughs> even Wagner <laughs> operas. Like, I want all of it. Even even <laughs> Zolomay. Best of luck. I need it. And finally, we have the best great and terrible holiday song award. And I think we know where this is going. This goes to Jonas Kaufman and his All I Want for Christmas is You. And yes, we've trash talked this multiple times on this podcast, but you know what? I'm not over it. It was so funny, and I've unironically played it for so many people because it is so funny. That whole album is funny in different ways, but it's too much. It's so good, you guys. Um, And I'm really, really, really grateful for the song because um, this, this song plays such a huge part in my uh 2020 end experience that now every time i talk to my boyfriend on the phone he begins our conversation by singing the opening of that song for me 
in his best Jonas Kaufman uh, rendition. And it is so funny. And I literally burst into like just the giggles every time. It's so good. And that concludes the first annual Encore Awards. It's for 2020. Awesome. And to close out our episode, we wanted to give you guys the microphone and share some of the things that you wrote into us. So on our Instagram stories, we asked the question, what is the best thing to happen to you in 2020, musically or personally? And you guys sent us in some really, really great responses. So we're just going to read a couple and talk them through. So one of our listeners said, my composition career really took off this year. I got a mentorship with a famous composer and some commissions, including my most prestigious opportunity yet, which is still confidential at the moment. Ooh, That's amazing. We love a prestigious and confidential opportunity. That was very spicy. I know. Um, Look at you go. I honestly getting any work in 2020 is like what a victory. <laughs> Good on you for getting your best work yet. Yeah. What a champ. And then we've got another one. This one was really sweet. <laughs> Among the things I'm thankful for this year, the quarantine g- giving me more time to practice my instrument is one. I've never been to an opera ever. I live in Lebanon, a country that doesn't have an opera house, or at least it used to until it was destroyed in the Civil War. And I only got into the world of opera last year, so companies around the world offering free streams of past productions really helped me delve deeper into it. Not to mention all the singers and musicians doing projects in quarantine. Funny videos, orchestra musicians playing a piece while everyone is stuck at home. Your podcast was a great find for me this year. I guess thanks to all these factors, I recently entered my country's national conservatory to learn opera singing. I've had my first few lessons on Skype, and I can't wait to see how far I'll go. 2020 has been a really tough year, but there was some good to it, to some of us at least. Here's to hoping that the year 2021 will bring even more good to everyone. And that was very, very sweet. And also, I'd like to point out, there should be free streams of opera year-round. Facts. Just saying. That's literally get a why lot we do more our people. opera watch parties. Yeah. There'd be a lot more people in the opera yeah. world if you streamed it. I love that. <laughs> I love that we have a listener and maybe multiple listeners in Lebanon. That's super cool. We love our non-US audience as well. You guys are super cool. And I love that they got into conservatory. I think that's so cool. Congrats. It's honestly incredible. And I, the fact that like anyone would be interested in what we do so much as to like want to learn it i don't know it it very much warms my heart and it's very very sweet this next person wrote in my very old grandparents coming to my unexpectedly last pre-covid concert oh aren't grandparents the best like when your grandparents come to your concert they're like a different type of proud they're so sweet they're so so sweet and yeah like sometimes i'm so glad they got to come to your last pre-covid concert i know that's so nice i love that that is very that is a very good thing to happen in 2020 (laughs) our next write-in is i got engaged i'm pretty sure i know who this is it's so exciting uh two of our really really good friends got engaged this year and we are so excited for them they are so cute and so congratulations to you two you know who you are they're both opera singers by the way they are they're both high voices (laughs) too a match made so high Oh, goodness. We love to hear it. Yes. that So many, so, so, so many people got engaged this year. Oh, yeah. It's kind of it's kind of cool and crazy. I think everyone is realizing how important the people in their lives are to them. And it's very cute. Totally. Oh, good vibes all around. 
Um, this next person wrote in, I changed my major from music ed to vocal performance. Best decision ever. Oh, I love that. Oh, yes. We're stealing more and more people away from education. My dream. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm glad when people recognize <laughs> exactly what it is they want to do and they go for it. And whether that's heading towards music ed or towards vocal performance or wherever it is, towards art, towards arts admin. I'm glad when people kind of realize, like, this is what I want. Because I think that's such an empowering feeling. So congratulations to you. Yeah, I love that. Speaking of that kind of feeling, uh, our next write-in says, I made the decision to take a gap year before my senior year at Eastman, and it's been the best decision for my mental health. Online school does not work for me, and my teacher has been so supportive. (gasps) Yes! That's awesome. I know how hard that is. I know how hard it is to, to take a break in the middle of something. And kudos to you for to for understanding that that wasn't going to work for you and for standing up what you knew would be the best for your mental health. Also, we love a supportive teacher. We do. A supportive teacher is really like a make or break if you're going to do any sort of gap year or time off. You really do need the support of your teacher for something like that and for most things. So we love a nice little teacher that's on your side. But we are just... We are so grateful for all of you guys. This has been a heck of a year in so many different ways, but you guys have made it so fun. And some of you we obviously know really well, and some of you we're still getting to know, but it's been so exciting. And I, I'm just, I couldn't be luckier and happier in this absolute, I don't want to have to bleep myself, but insert what you think I would have said here of a year <laughs> to to have this community and to have this project that I'm so passionate and that I love and to get to do it with one of my best friends it is uh, I feel so fortunate in this year it's such a good time Um, we are wishing you so much joy good health great opportunity lots of gigs and work coming up to you in this uh, crazy next year we call 2021 um We are so happy to have you guys with us. And thank you to everyone who has helped support our podcast. And a huge, huge thank you to all of our patrons on Patreon. You guys make our podcast possible. Um, Thank you so much for supporting us. Thank you guys so much. It really does mean the world to us. So thank you guys so, so much. You know, if you want to connect with us, you can always reach us through our socials, which are at Opera Offstage on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. You can also find us via our website, opera-offstage.com, and you can also join our Discord, which is in the bio of our Instagram, where we are probably easiest to reach. So, and on that note, Happy New Year! We will see you guys in 2021. It's been a pleasure. Bye! Bye!